Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, breaking news here as we tracked Swift Watch. He is up to 6.3 receptions. My man has 19 receptions in three games. That puts him on pace for 106.666 repeating receptions for the rest of the year. So my man's number three right now, and I am very excited. Now, everyone else on my team, I'm very disappointed in. So we're going to talk about that here today. We are offensive points so possums welcome please follow us at offensive points on twitter we got some great stuff for you today got some game previews some start sit stops some conspiracy corner man it just it just never ends so guys i got a funny story for you today i'm in a fit i'm working with one of my guys okay can you, you gotta up. you gotta explain what a fit is some people don't know what that uh, means i fit golf clubs for a living so i spend like three and a half hours just talking to people while they hit golf club, golf balls so I'm sitting here and I bring up fantasy football and this guy's telling me all about it. And I, I brought up, you know, Deandre Swift, cause I'm totally yoked about this dude. And, uh, we're talking and he's like, well, why, you know, why'd you take Swift? And I go, well, he was my keeper this year. I said, I kept Tyree kill and Swift in the league. And he goes, well, who are your other options? I was like, well, you know, I had JK Dobbins, which thank God I didn't keep him. And, you know, Kittle was there and he goes, well, you should have kept Kittle. And you should have seen the look on my face. It was so dumbfounded. It's like, dude, we are in the season right now. What has Kittle done? We'll get to that later in my game pre- preview. But He's done okay. Yeah, I'm talking the number three Good running back in the fantasy right now. Have you not opened your goddamn eyes, people? Anyway, I just Res- wanted to touch on that. Results over names, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I will say you did convert me into a Swifter. I wish I would have got a little a bit more Swifty. Swifty. I know. I wish I would have got a little bit more Swifty in my drafts, but I did get him in one Swifty. because of you. And that is my best team. And I'm very excited about it. So thank you, Joe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's good. Swifty's been good this season. It seems like your season long bet's actually going to pan out your prediction. Right, we're going to knock on some wood. Thank God I have a wooden desk here. So there you go. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are now into week four of the NFL season. Have, hope everybody out there is doing well. Hopefully your teams are going good. Hopefully you haven't lost anybody to injury or, you know, hopefully you're not, you know, hopefully you didn't draft Kyle Pitts in the first couple rounds, apparently, because that's been a disaster so far. Hopefully, we'll get into that later. We will, for sure. We got, uh, we'll get there in due time. In due time. <laughs> But first part of this podcast, we're going to talk about news. We're going to talk about waiver watch for next week. 
We're going to talk daily fantasy. We're going to talk about it all. So first, let's start with the injuries and the news. First injury, the the king of the injury himself, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they said he's going to be out several weeks, but didn't put him in the on the IR. So who in the world knows what that means? Because the IR is only three weeks. So several would think, make you think he's going to be out much longer than three weeks, but they said that he's not going to go on the IR. So what are we thinking, guys? CMC. Long, short, what are we thinking? Josh, was he put on the IR last year? Um, I don't believe so. I think they. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think they did. I think they just had him out for each week. They did never know. His were really weird, naggy injuries last year, and this is uh, another naggy injury. And I'm just going to keep saying naggy as much as possible because we'll talk about him we'll later. Talk too. about naggy. Uh, but no, I I don't know. I don't know what to expect here. I it's a hamstring. He it looked bad when he pulled up and jumped up, and it's kind of weird how like your body reflexes like that, but. He was walking on the sidelines, so it can't be terrible, terrible, and it's not surgery or anything. So as a McCaffrey owner, God, I hope he's come comes back before those three weeks because it's going to be a ugly couple weeks here. Yes, it yeah. is. That's the only thing that bothers me is I don't think they put him on IR last year, so I don't know if it's like wishful thinking or, you know, what's going on there. So yeah, It actually I, sucks as an owner because you just sit there and you're like, maybe this week? Oh, no, not this week. Well, when they said several weeks – when Matt Rule, I think pretty much think he said that in the press conference, that's going to be several weeks. That scares me. <laughs> that makes me think like six or seven. And as you probably drafted Christian McCaffrey, if not one, either one, two, or three in a league, you're, you know, you probably don't have a good, good team behind him. Hopefully you do. Hopefully somebody allowed you to get something, or maybe you drafted Chuba. Chuba is not Christian McCaffrey. Um, so, I think while I think he will be good, I'm not positive that he will be able to produce. I'm not even sure if he can do what Mike Davis did last year. Hopefully he can, but we'll see. On to the next one. Lots and prayers for McCaffrey. Yep, T's and P's. <laughs> Gerald Everett is on the COVID list for Seattle. Fizzly um, time. It appears – I don't think he's going to be allowed to play on Sunday. I think – I can't remember what I think it's either like six days or so. If you're vaccinated, it's 10 days if you're unvaccinated, but well, either way, I don't think he's going to be able to play on Sunday. So yeah, it's going to be Will Disley time in Seattle. Gerald Everett's had a mm, season so far for Seattle. Tight ends as a whole has been kind of a weird dart throw. So any thoughts on Gerald Everett in the. I I really yeah. like, I really like what he's been doing this year. Um, I think you were pretty high on him, Bill in early season and, I didn't believe it. I just I feel like Seattle never knows how to use a tight end, which they still don't. But Everett's looked good um, in his minimal attempts and whatnot. But Ertz did make it back last week after testing positive for COVID. But I know he was vaccinated and he did make it. It was a Monday game, so I think that might have played a little bit. But he barely made it back, so there's a chance, but it's not looking likely at the moment. Yeah, I don't think uh, San Francisco is the best matchup for a tight end to begin with, but. That's um, true. You know, Disley is the ultimate folk hero, so he's kind of fallen into Garner Minshew range and all that. So, what do you have? Three big games two years ago, and mm -hmm. everyone, yeah. And then he broke his leg and did all he needed to do to his body. But, um, yeah, I don't think uh, he's making it back, and I don't think you're starting to see Seattle tight end. I don't think so either. I'm not sure that you were starting him anyway. It was probably just a depth move on the bench, but it's still something you should know if you have an IR spot. Make sure that you put him on there because he probably will be listed as out so you can throw them on there if need be moving on james white for new england is out for the season now with a hip originally they said that it was something that he could come back from in six weeks but um after reevaluation today they said no it's a lot worse than we thought and he's out for the season so i'm not really sure if you were starting james white anyway he was getting to the point of trusting but i don't i don't think he was there yet I did. I started him and it oh, hurt wow. when he got injured. It's a dynasty league. So it was, it well, was a lot fair of tough, enough. But, yeah. But no, honestly, it was, it was kind of sad because he was actually getting runs this year. Cause it was a really good change of pace back to Damian Harris. And I feel like last year it was Damian Harris and Sonny Michelle getting all the carries. And he finally had a role other than just catching five balls for 50 yards every game. And I was pretty excited about it. And then it's gone. So RIP James White. I think this does, and I'll talk about this in a bit, but I think this does boost Ramondre Stevenson. I know he has been kind of like a healthy scratch and an injured scratch and all kinds of things, but um, 
I'd, I'd keep an eye out on him on the waiver wire and see what he does this week. Maybe pick him up before the week. Sure. I'm completely convinced that at 3 a.m. you're going to get a notification on your phone that the New England Patriots have traded a seventh-round pick for Rex Burkhead. And I think <laughs> we're going to welcome him right back into this headache of a fucking backup field. So it'll be... I, I actually had that in my notes of, of the watch. I oh, love did it. You? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Second worst uh, running back situation behind San Francisco. So, yeah. Um, J.J. Taylor might be somebody to look out for. I'm sure Josh will talk about possible replacements um later on um moving on to tennessee so aj brown went down with a hamstring in the first quarter of the game on sunday and julio is now also dealing with a hamstring problem both of them could be out on sunday what should you do if you have a tennessee titan wide receiver on your team you need to run to the waiver wire and get racy mcmath is what you need to do Race. This is the breakout. You need a racy to the waiver wire. <laughs> racy to the waiver wire. I, I no. have to say another thing. I'm touching on the watch because you know injuries make sense. Um, Westbrook Akeen uh, actually had the most snaps there and targets and catches and everything. So uh, it looks like he's the epso facto third guy. We thought it was uh, Billy's boy uh, Desmond yes. Patrick, and that didn't pan out. And I honestly <sighs> thought it would. Nope. Uh, I thought it could be uh, what's his face. I didn't even write it down anymore because he's just dead. Josh, uh, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds yeah. just hasn't touched the ball. He was a healthy scratch. Um, and then who's Chester Rogers? Is they haven't even well, used so. Ferkser as much as we thought. Yeah, I think Ferkser and West Westbrook Akeen are the are the targets here. Um, Ferkser is still available, in, I think twenty percent or so, or in eighty percent or so. I think he's only mm-hmm. owned in twenty or so. So just keep an eye out. I mean, this is just one of those times where. If you need to fill in, like say you had AJ Brown or you just have some weird matchups and you want to throw someone in there, like dart throws and not to mention daily. I mean, that could be a good, uh, good daily line too, but yeah, yeah, not not looking good for Tennessee, which Bill, uh, they're playing the, they're playing the jets this week. So that's the only good thing. And now that Marcus May's out, maybe that means a lot more for Westbrook Akeen, but yeah, it's going to be a weird one on Sunday. Eric Henry is an auto start. Oh yeah. This week. Almost so you're figuring out how to get him in the lineup and anything. Yes. So uh, they're not officially out yet. So that's something to monitor. Julio looks more close, closer to playing than AJ, but we'll see something to monitor. All right. On to T Higgins of the Bengals is officially out tomorrow. Uh, according to this on a Wednesday, Thursday night game is tomorrow. Uh, T Higgins is going to be out of that game. I don't, not really a lot to talk about. Like if you haven't figured out something by now, um, Get him out of your lineups, at least. Probably yeah. didn't have him, but just, you know, if you're listening to this before Thursday, hopefully. If for some reason you had him in your lineup last week and you put out. up a zero, take him out of your lineup this week because he'll put exactly. up another zero. Exactly. So not really much to talk about there. T. Higgins, better days ahead. I'm sure the short week probably affected it. If it was Sunday, I'm betting he would have played. Someone right. did drop Higgins in the league I'm in, so – yeah, make sure he's Look not out on the waiver that. wire. <laughs> yeah, actually, so I just saw uh, Landry sitting on the waiver wire in one of my leagues because he went to the IR for three weeks. And be always be vigilant on the waiver Redraft wire. Redraft is wild, bro. People do some silly things. Like, Dude. I don't even like Landry that much, but he's better than some of the wide receivers I got on my team right now, and I would never yeah. drop him. And this team, this league has two IR slots, which is uh, the best part. Anytime, anytime you're taking a poop or you're at a break at work, Pull up the fantasy app, scan the waiver wire, make sure no stupid shit happens. Especially on Wednesdays after the waiver's clear, because that's around noon is when everyone like actually remembers, oh yeah, I should go look to see what's out there. And that's when people do mixed bonehead moves. So yeah. right. just see who was dropped as well for players that were picked up. It's a good call. Um, and then the last one I have is Elijah Moore is going to be out Sunday. Uh, he had a concussion during Sunday's game and he's not going to be able to recover from it in time. So he's been officially ruled out of the game. Not sure you were starting Elijah Moore anyway, but in case you were, get him out of that lineup. Yep. Sweet. I don't want to talk about the Jets. Jets are a disaster. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. We're going to the good old conspiracy corner for one quick second. Um, Matt Nagy, I think – intentionally fucked over Justin Fields on Sunday. And here's why the play calling in the first half of that football game was one of the most appalling things I've ever seen for a quarterback. 
they did not have any help for him at all. It's like it's almost like they used a Nick Foles package for Justin Fields. It, it didn't make any sense. Um, Joe, I'm sure you have a lot of more thoughts on this than me, but I'm just I, I have to get it out there. I think Matt Nagy was tanking Justin Fields so that he could be right about Andy Dalton. Okay, I that game was atrocious, but I think you're giving Matt Nagy too much credit. Okay. <laughs> Matt Nagy does not have a Nick Foles scheme or a Justin Fields scheme. Matt Nagy has a, we're not going to coach the offensive line at all. We're going to try to block with five fucking guys and never bring a tight end to a tight end into help. And we're going to expect something different to happen. He is, I'm sure you guys have nieces, nephews, God, you know, children of your own God, children, whatever it may be. They all have that wooden set where you put the, the pegs in the hole, right? And he's trying to put the square peg in the round hole. It worked in 2018. He got that thing in there right. But if your child continued to try to put a peg in the wrong hole until their hands started bleeding, you would seek medical help. And that's something the Chicago Bears are not going to do. So I don't think the man is smart enough to outsmart himself and try to prove something to ownership or anything. Where do you get these analogies from, man? I, I just think them. I just I'm a Bears fan, man. I just ruminate in sorrow and anger in dark rooms and I've been talking about cement walls and you know during the game yeah. on Sunday he had time to formulate that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um so my logic on this is is similar to, to Joe's. I, I mean, yes, Matt Nagy's to blame because the play calling was atrocious. And I think this is this goes back to the Andy Reid coaching tree because we're seeing it with uh, Mr. Mick Sirianni, who's technically part of the coaching tree because he was under Frank Reich, who also looks terrible, and Aggie and looks terrible. And Doug Peterson has done this in the past um, where they just they stick with their play calling. They said they were going to do this. This is what we worked on in practice. This It's not working, but we're going to yeah. keep firing like long balls for no reason, or we're going to keep doing the same slant patterns that we've been doing. And that's, that's basically what Nagy did. And I mean, part of this is to blame on Mr. Fields himself. Unfortunately, um, he didn't look good. He didn't make passes. He did not have time either, but he also has legs and could have escaped. He, there's no way Nick, uh, Matt Nagy was sitting in his ear saying, stay in the pocket, get sacked. Like Fields, unlike Hertz, and I'm not trying to bring in the Eagles, but Hertz, yeah. Hertz, Hertz was in those same situations on Monday and he escaped a lot of them or at least tried to. And I feel like fields, I, I, maybe it's something to prove about him being able to throw the ball and whatnot, which I didn't know there was an argument here. Uh, but really just him staying in the pocket too long and him not understanding that a pocket's collapsing. Um, Maggie did the same thing with Trubisky. Trubisky was great at evading the pocket running downfield. And he all of a sudden said, no, you are now a pocket quarterback. And it just led to complete mayhem. So I, I get the whole design rollouts would have been nice. Some design runs would have been nice. you got a mobile quarterback. But at the same time, what you should have done is said, hey, we're giving the ball to you and you do what you see fit. If you need they to should. scramble, scramble. And if you need to, and maybe Nagy, maybe this, that part's on Nagy as well. But Fields should have not listened to him, unfortunately, and been like, nah, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there. He's a star. It was his first his start. First start like. No, no, no. I'm just saying he didn't play good. I'm not saying anything that he's bad. He's not on my he had, he had 0.78 seconds to get rid of the ball. That is insane. They he were not got blocking. One. Now, I got to give credit to the Browns. I mean, they they called a damn good game, and they just – Miles Garrett played a hell of a game. So did Joker. So did everybody. But, no, it was, it was atrocious. He – what was it? 1.1 yard per play. That's the second lowest in over a century. Justin Tucker's field goal was 19 yards longer than we had on offense all day. Fucking David Montgomery had 46 of our 47 yards on offense the entire day. Matt Nagy needs to go. It's it's ridiculous. And or at least stop calling the plays. Just give yeah. up the reins. Bill Lazor looked pretty damn good last he year. Did. Calling the plays. I don't know why yeah. Bill Lazor's not like, hey, like, let me get the let me just let me try. Nagy's a, a self-coined offensive guru. He is. That's true. So that's four years thing. in. Can't can't figure it out. That's another thing. As the pass game wasn't working, we all understood that. Uh, how many touches did Montgomery have? Twelve. I mean, at least he tried. But at the same time, yeah. like, why are you not just shoving it down their throat with Montgomery? Just I don't like, know. Th- I, honestly, uh, teams get so bad when they when they go down two touchdowns early. Teams forget that they can run the ball still. They go, oh no no no, it's the end of the first quarter. 
if we run the ball, we're just going to run the clock out. It's like, no, you might score a touchdown is what you might do. You might tire out the defense. You might open up some passing lanes. You're not doing any of those things by not giving your running back the ball. Who I will say the best part of the Browns defense is the run defense. So. Yeah, but 12 for 47 is pretty decent. It's true. I mean, it's, it's not great. It's not like it's... the Brown, it's not like the Browns were scoring touchdowns left and right either. So I don't know. They probably it was a winnable game. And had they gotten a hundred yards, they would have been closer to in the game than the 47 yards that they got. Miserable. Agreed. Agreed. Obviously, once again, Miles Garrett's a beast. And we all, I mean, I enjoyed it because 52 points in my league. We're just about to talk about that. So we're on to the (laughs) one minute recaps of our teams. Obviously, my Browns played Joe's Bears. So we're going to be have a little bit of an overlap there in games. And then Josh's Eagles look god awful on monday so this will be fun I'm, i cannot wait uh who who would like to go first out of- i would we just talked about your game let's go let's get my game out of the way all right josh let's get your 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 team out of the way all right the eagles looked atro- atrocious uh fucking doug peterson should have never been fired nick sirianni has no idea what he's doing he gave miles sanders two carries one of which was for 27 yards the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And we gave up on the run pretty much the first drive, which we threw a pick on because we threw four straight times. We just decided not to run the ball at all when you know it's going to be a possession game. So, yeah, Nick Sirianni's a dumb-ass person. I'm not a big fan of him right now. Doug Peterson should have never been fired, and Jeff Lurie should uh, get fired. And just get rid of the whole staff, everything. Just Harry Roseman, all of them. I'm done with it. But the, the, the team itself is good. Wow. Okay. I got so much more to say, and I'll be. I'm proud of you. It was only like forty. It's only like forty something seconds. I'm. I'm I'm proud of you. I I can understand. Uh, I know you all probably saw that picture of Jalen Smith just completely whiffing on that Miles Sanders run where he didn't do the 24. He dove like five yards before Miles Sanders even got to him. But I will say, uh, who's up on the run a little bit too? Who's the corner from Atlanta, Alabama? That was all over uh, Devonta Smith all game. Diggs. Diggs. He looked good. I'll give him he that. Does look good. He, he also look looks. Good this whole season. He looks like a giant compared to Devonta Smith too. So he does. Um, I will say I will give credit where credit's due, and he played a damn good game. So he did. Okay, I'm proud of you. That was pretty short and concise. I was. I'm surprised. I'm sure you have a lot more to say, and I'm I'll sure talk gonna, about it more. Sure, we're going to hear about it uh, coming up. All right. Well, I'll get mine out of the way so Joe can have his trash can ready. Um, the Browns looked good. I mean, the offense needs work, but without having Jarvis Landry there and just kind of getting Odell back into the offense, they did pretty good. I was pretty happy. Obviously, Miles Garrett was a stud, broke the franchise record for sacks in a game. I was pretty happy about that. He's now the lead league or lead league leader in sacks, which is impressive to say the least. Do that three times fast. Uh, obviously, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't even get one out, so that's I'm surprised they even got it the second time. But I'm not worried about the Browns. I think they're good. Their defense is solid. Um, I think that going forward, this is something to build on for them, and I think their schedule is easy enough to where they can actually make something of themselves going forward in the season, and I love Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield's the weakest link on that team. I don't think so, but fine. I think his wide receiver core is pretty hit or miss. Well, they're injured. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Browns a weak look link. good, man. Browns look good. Yeah. Just saying. That's all I got to say. Put the Phoenix back in the trash can. They didn't arise from the ashes. J- Jalen oh, Johnson yeah. looked good. That's, that's the only fucking thing I have to say about that game. <laughs> That's all you don't. Is that your yeah, yeah. Is that you? Is all you need? So I don't even want smack, any more than you're that. You're just gonna smack Move the trash on. can and Jalen Johnson look good. Okay. Yeah. Put the Phoenix back in the trash. Khalil can. Mack looked okay for a couple plays, and then he got injured for a couple plays. Yeah. 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 But he did come back, didn't he? Man, he came back. He did. He did. Okay. He did. That's good. Wow, man, so, that's such a depressing one minute recap from everyone this week, except for me. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, my, my spirit was broken. Honestly, I didn't expect the Eagles to win the game. <laughs> But I expected them to put up a fight, and we didn't. I mean, yeah, a, a lot of it came for, came down to is we threw a pick on the first drive, and we got that defensive touchdown, so we only had the ball for a very short period of time in the first quarter, and I think that ruined everyone's like flow. And then we just threw the ball every play, which was stupid, and we weren't even down by much. Like we could have played the game. Oh, that was a disaster. 
But whatever. I, maybe they're going to be better going forward. That's kind of what I thought the Eagles were going to look like this season. They proved oh. wrong in that first game. So we'll see what happens. You'll you'll hear about it soon. <laughs> okay. Broken well, spirits. Yeah. The broken podcast. spirits. All right. Let's move on to right, wrong, and really. Um, I want to start with the right because I was right about Matt Nagy just absolutely sucking. I mean, we've gone over this for, I don't know, 10 minutes on this podcast already, but he's horrible. Fire him. The Chicago Bears have never fired a coach midseason. Make it the first time. We'll all love you for it. Okay. Yeah. Well, my right is Urban Meyer doesn't know what he's doing. He was not prepared to take this job. He did not. I. It's very evident that he had no idea what NFL football entailed. We all thought it before the season. We thought, man, he's never lost really anywhere that he's gone. Like, what is he going to do? He's on a bad. Te- he's coaching a bad team. So, like, how is he going to respond to you know getting his butt kicked and having to go in the next day? And you can't just you know poof everything's going to be better. And they haven't. The Jaguars stink as a football team. And Although they have the talent to win football games, they just don't have the coaching. They they should not have lost that game on Sunday. They should not have. No, they, they were actually... up. They were up 19-10 in the third quarter, and they allowed what three straight touchdowns. Like, come on, what what are you doing? Uh, Urban Meyer James Robinson the ball. Urban Meyer is going to be out of football in NFL football very shortly. Hopefully. I love it. I love how you're wearing the Jags jersey while you're talking. I about am. This too. Because uh, I love but, the Jags, but not him. Honestly, I feel like Urban Meyer figured out how to be a worse version of Chip Kelly in the NFL. And yeah, like, he didn't even Chip have a plan. Kelly, Chip Kelly at least tried. And it, I he mean, had a, he had a plan. And he had a plan, it. and it, it didn't work. But he tried, and it was interesting. I was, I was actually one of the people who was like, "Let's try, let's hear, let's hear the man out." And it, it didn't work, yeah. but I tried. Exactly. Um, well, if we're do, all doing our rights, I was. You guys were a lot less gloaty because. Uh, I just feel like uh, I wanted to ask everybody a question out there, all of our possums out there. You know, the first time I've ever referred to you guys as possums because I don't like that. But how you guys feeling about Kyle Pitts? All the truthers, how you guys feeling? Nope, not not so good. The you know, ten points, uh, one game with ten points so far, and if you're a half point, that's zero ten point games. Uh, I don't know. You could have drafted yourself a rookie tight end, like you know, at the fourth and fifth round. Whenever everyone other than like twelve people told you not to. Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Gronkowski, Goddard have have been better at this point. I mean, like Hawkinson, Logan Mark Thomas. Andrews, to Logan Thomas, uh, Tanyan on on occasion. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not that excited about Tanyan, Tanyan either, but it, I, I mean, obviously, we know Atlanta hasn't used anyone correctly at all, except for somehow Cordell Patterson, which we, I don't get it, but it worked. It's, it's working. Like this is what Cordell Patterson wanted to be on the Bears, but Nagy couldn't figure it out. So. Um, that offensive coordinator that's from the Bears. That's that's the only reason. But I, I just want the record to state because Billy was giving me shit about this. I never said Kyle Pitts was going to be isn't talented or isn't going to be good. I'm just saying that fourth, fifth round, maybe even third or second, if you really reached or you got him in dynasty in like the fourth pick or something, you can't be feeling that good about it right now. Like it's right got to be. I, no, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. and this might be the I, I got my defense ready, but I have him in my really category, so I'm going to save it. This might be the week, but so far you're not happy about that because that 10-6-4 no. is not looking so good. You probably lost some games because of that 20 that you're expected. For sure. So. I, I think probably Kittle owners probably feel similar. but Kittle yeah. at least had 17 points in the game. He yeah. did. He did. That's true. That's true. If he doesn't do it against Washington, then I'm going to start panicking. But <laughs> I'm not panicking on Kittle, though, because really San Francisco hasn't had a chance to play their full offense. I mean, their whole running yeah. back fiasco has been a problem. And once I feel like once Jeff Wilson comes back, they're going to at least have their like steady back, which once again, we'll go see. pick up Jeff Wilson if he's available do in your league. Do it. We'll see. Okay, let's get on to the wrongs. Joe, who are you wrong about this week? This leads in really good to my wrongs because I this is more of a season thing. I, I was wrong on DJ Moore and Cooper Cup. I I, do, I wouldn't say I avoided them. I wasn't like down on them in any way. But in that area, I mean, I took a lot of IU, which is proving to be kind of stupid. I took a lot of Hawkinson. Week. Do it. So it looked better this past week. But yeah, yeah, yeah it, he, was, it he, was. No, he caught a touchdown. Don't 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 give him that yet. He was out there a lot. He, he was getting he targeted, was targeted so. like. Uh, I, 
five or six times. It's more. Yeah, it's yeah. a little days are ahead, but I mean, I was taking Hawkinson there. Um, I mean, shit. At the end of the season, I was grabbing Javante Williams in that spot. Swift was slipping there, right in the fifth, sixth round, where you were getting Cup and DJ Moore. <laughs> These two dudes look like league winners, and I do not have them anywhere. So it's really upsetting for me um, watching those dudes just tear up. I'm glad to see it. I mean, Cup, I've always liked him. I've always liked DJ Moore. But uh, I don't have them anywhere, so I was completely wrong on them. I should have at least taken them somewhere. But All right, to, to be fair and to defend you here and, and myself as well as a non-DJ Moore owner at all, anyone who's owned DJ Moore before didn't get this. And no, nobody expected this with Sam Darnold there either. Right. So anyone who yeah. drafted DJ Moore, they did it out of, okay, I'll draft DJ Moore. No one was like, I got to get DJ Moore in the fourth. That's my target. You know what I mean? Like People got him because he fell there and it was like, okay, it seems like the right pick. Nobody was like targeting him. I'm sure there's someone out there on Twitter in Twitter land that was like, I was targeting him. I knew, but you didn't, you didn't. And cup on the other hand, he's been one of those guys that like has been super like, okay. And has his good games. He's more like a Julian Edelman consistency guy. And this year him and Stafford's breakfast eating was just, who would have thought yeah, this is just together. crazy? Why did why did they tell us that week one though? Like, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, tell us that off. in freaking April or something. Whenever they start, exactly. I actually whenever do stock in Whenever so eating, yeah, I know. I traded them to you. Probably for you. peanuts at this point. I don't even remember what the trade was. Okay, my wrong was Jonathan Taylor. I thought he was going to be probably like fighting to be the running back one this year and that has not happened at all and it stinks it's partly game script i'll give you that but it's partially because they just don't use him as a pass catching back naheem hines comes in and runs runs and he catches the ball out of the backfield when they're down and i I just carson Wentz doesn't had never done that he doesn't use pass catching backs appropriately so he didn't know I, how to throw to Miles Sanders is what you're trying to say. Yeah, without saying it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But like Jonathan Taylor is he's good at that and he, he needs to be in there. He's the better player than Naheem Hines. I get that you gave him the contract and it was confusing at the time when they did because you're like, well, they have a really good RB1 on their team. Why would they need to lock him down to like a four year contract? Now I'm seeing why. Um, it's because they plan to use him a lot more than I thought going into the season. And I feel bad for anybody who bought Jonathan Taylor first round probably because he's not a first round running back. And I am puzzled at why they aren't using him that way. They're own three. Might, might yeah. want to change it up at some point. I want to try it. Wentz yeah. isn't the answer. This goes back to the uh, Andy Reed coaching tree, not knowing how to use running backs. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Jonathan Taylor needs to be really fed, bad. like give him the ball. But I do, I do agree with Billy that that top 10 running back, like if you grabbed him as your first round pick and if you grabbed someone shitty on that second round or like Calvin Ridley right now, you're panicking. Yes. That's, that's oh, you're, lo- you're losing. You're, lo- you're Owen three. If you have Jonathan Taylor and Calvin Ridley, I will dare someone. I have Kamara. And show Calvin me a Ridley team. And I'm Owen three. So. I want, I want somebody to show me a team that has Jonathan Taylor and Calvin Ridley in his three and O or two and one. Well, they snag no cup or DJ Moore. I mean, shit. Yeah. But it's, a, but it's not because of them though. Like no. that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like they no, could have to grab lucky. cup and DJ Moore lucky. to take care of that. Yeah. No, or was... Mike Williams, you know, you could have got him yeah. in the 10th round, but still like you would have had Mike Williams doesn't belong in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing that. Yeah, we no, thought that um, guy was crazy for saying that he was going to be Michael Thomas this season, and he's done yes. exactly what Michael Thomas does. Yep. It's bizarre. No, I was I was lower on Jonathan Taylor than you guys were going into this, and I did not see Naheem Hines. I the news on Naheem Hines, they wouldn't stop talking about him. I thought Mac was going to be more involved. Honestly, yeah. I thought it was going to be. It's crazy to me that they're really only using two guys, and they're using Naheem Hines more than Jonathan Taylor. That just blows my mind. I just, I assumed Jonathan Taylor to be, and he, this is what he was last year, was the 15 to 17 guy. He was just consistent is what it was. Yeah. He wasn't a big blow up guy. That's why I knew he wasn't a top 10 running back, but I just knew that consistency is hard to find in running backs. Like I saw him as a, uh, you know, lightweight Nick Chubb, basically. Yeah. Like he's always going to get that consistency, but you know, this year it's been far and few and far between, but Honestly, Philip Rivers kept them in games. Carson Wentz yeah. isn't keeping them in games, so Jonathan well, that, Taylor's not getting the carries. That's the problem: is the Colts suck, and they haven't they, even played they, bad, they, good they teams. Yeah, exactly. That, that the, yeah, the Colts are headed down a dark path, um, much like your Eagles, Josh. If you've seen their upcoming schedule, <laughs> oh, we'll talk um, about it. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, oh, we'll Colts, are he- Colts are headed down a dark path, and I, I feel bad because I don't think Jonathan Taylor – I don't think the usage is going to go back to being good because they were in a close game with Tennessee. It came down to one point, and they still weren't using him that much. So, like, no. you know, if they're not using him in close games, they're definitely not going to use him in when they're coming back from behind and stuff. So, I do think as the weather off. cools off and it starts getting colder, oh, I think that's when you're going to start seeing the Jonathan Taylor – don't play they play more. in a dome in Indianapolis? They though? do, but I mean, they'll be traveling. They don't always stuff. play there. That's yeah. true. Okay. Well, I, mean, hey. I think that's when you're going to start hey, seeing them. Good. Rely Thank on you Taylor. for making it me seem like better days ahead. I'm just saying yeah. for now, I've been wrong. I, Josh, I, so, who are you wrong about? Who are you wrong about? So I just wanted to touch on this Jonathan Taylor thing. I, I agree with Joe. I think they're going to, over the season, they're going to use them a little bit more. Naheem Hines has been a, oh sh- shit, panicking. Like we got to get, the, we got to get some points fast. And it's the Andy Reid coaching tree thinking, get the yards now instead of actually play the full game. Um, so I just don't, don't panic on Jonathan Taylor. Don't sell him for cheap. If you did draft him, you got to wait it out. You, you drafted him this high. Don't, don't panic yet. Um, so my wrong. And honestly, you already touched on Jamar Chase. You were wrong about him. I was wrong about him. It can wait. We'll talk about it later. But after watching the Monday night football game, I just want to talk about what I was wrong about. I was wrong about the Eagles defense. I, I didn't think they were going to be great. I thought they'd be like a mid, mid of the pa- middle of the pack defense. Like after, you know, watching them against Atlanta and even San Francisco, like they look good. Uh, but I, and I assume maybe some regression when Brandon Graham went out, but I did not expect that. Zeke and Pollard averaged almost six yards per carry and they both had about 20 carries. So it was six yards every time they touched the ball. And it wasn't even like it was 20 yards here, 40 yards there. It was basically about six, seven yards every time they touched the ball. Um, I I still believe the pass defense is a bit improved, but I'm probably wrong about that too. So um, I'm, I'm wrong about the Eagles defense. I thought that with the additions of Eric Wilson and Kerrigan and Steve Nelson, that we would be better. We're not. It's sad. Apparently, it's we can't stop the run, and we got some fun games coming up for that. Yeah, your your schedule does not look good coming up. So, all right, Joe, what was your really? Chase Claypool, really, dude, really? I don't understand it. I, you've got all the talent in the world. You look good. I mean, everyone was hurt in that game. <clears throat> I know. I mean, Big Ben, how many times did you throw it? Sixty-three times. Of course, Najee got twenty of those, but. Pretty awesome. Yeah, he just he cannot be the guy. He cannot get it done. He makes these unbelievable plays, and then he does this bonehead shit on super easy throws, little slants, drops the ball, gets out of position. He's not in sync with Big Ben at all. I mean, I just a lot of people thought this dude was going to jump to wide receiver one. Um, I just don't see any wide receiver one potential in him right now. Now, maybe next year when they get a different quarterback or say they – Sign somebody and relieve Big Ben. Maybe, maybe. But as of right now, Claypool is really starting to piss me off. And really, dude, come on. Really? Yeah, yeah well said. I, I thought Claypool's – I mean, the problem is Big Ben is old. Like, that's the problem. Did you see that? Did you see that clip of him running and just yes. falling over as yes. he threw the ball? Yes, he looked like the old man in a pickup game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Deontay Johnson still does it. Juju still makes it work. Juju's actually looked really good this year, except for last year. Look who led the team in receptions on Sunday. That tells you everything. That's all you need. But Najee, it's a dump off back. Using Najee Harris, who was not known as a pass catching back in college, as a dump off back. What the hell? Like, I mean, it's not like it didn't work. I love it. Put Big Ben on the on the Bears. Uh, just let him dump off to David Montgomery the entire game. Their offense would be better. Yeah, I, I, can we touch on this now? Why the hell didn't Pittsburgh draft a quarterback? Or haven't picked up they, a quarterback? Or I done think something? they legitimately thought that he was better than like the end of that season. I think that they thought he was more. He was closer to the like nine and 10 and Steelers. I mean, they did go eleven and I mean, I, I get. I it. get it, but like it wasn't because of him. It was because of the defense. And well, I, you yeah. can still win with Ben. You just they did nothing for that line. Absolutely no. zero. I mean, you had Mitchell Schwartz was out there forever. You had all these free agent offensive linemen. You didn't bring one of them in to try to. I mean, you knew it was going to be bad after last season. Just, yeah. I mean, they got arguably a top five skill position group there. Like, oh, I mean, easily shouldn't be that bad, but it shouldn't. Here we are. Okay, I'll move on to my really. My really is kind of piggybacking, piggybacking off of Josh Kyle Pitts. 
really Atlanta? Like really you have Calvin Ridley. You have apparently Cordell Patterson. You have Kyle Pitts. You've got Matt Ryan. Like how is your offense this bad? How it doesn't make any sense that it's this bad. It shouldn't be. I know that I know that the head coach wants to be a running team. You don't have a running back to do that with. I'm sorry. There's just nothing in, on this team that's going to get you there. So you're going to have to use your pass catchers. And the second best one on the team is Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has run the fourth most routes among tight ends, like passing. Guess what? He doesn't get targeted on them. So I, I don't understand what – I don't know why they're. I don't know why they drafted him. They're not using him like they drafted him. When you draft him number four, you need to use him like a top pick. They're not using it. I would say it's just slightly worse than the Giants with Kadarius Tony and what they've done with him. It's slightly worse than that. It's got to be worse than Tony because Tony was a backup pick. Like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll draft him. Yeah, but he's still a first-round pick, and and they don't even play him. But this is almost as bad when they drafted him number four overall. And they simply, like, the best offensive output they've had the entire season, Kyle Pitts was the leading receiver on the team. The other two games where they looked like they didn't even know how to throw a football, Kyle Pitts gets targeted three times the last game, and he caught two of them for, like, 35 yards. Honestly, I don't know what happened to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan it, it, has never been this what, bad before. What is I, I I need to watch like watch a Falcons game and see what the fuck is happening on that team. Is it the line? Like, is it? I think it's it can't be the routes. Like, uh, yeah, it, it definitely is the fact he's that they want to be running. To, he's got Calvin Ridley running AJ Brown's routes. Like, literally, let's get that little dump off and expect Calvin Ridley, little dude, to freaking bust out these big AJ Brown runs. It's not going to happen. You know, you don't have Derrick Henry. You don't have anyone else out there. So, I mean, I, I've watched a little bit of the Falcons. I, they're boring. So I I tend not to watch them, but where are the deep balls? That's where Ridley ate. Everybody's lunch last year was on those 30, 40 yard passes. And then Pitts would have the middle wide open, but they do nothing to clear that out. It's ridiculous. Why why do we know this? And he doesn't. I I, I have a, I have a thing about that as well. Why do I know about, uh, you should give the running back the ball 12 times at least in a game, like 15 times. I don't know. I I, I feel dumb because it's like, I'm sure it's like, well, there's so much more to the game. You never put your hand in the dirt. But, like, uh, it can't be that hard. It cannot be that hard to to notice things. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something I'm completely missing. But you drafted him number four. He's exactly what you need to do in certain to that offense, but then you're not using him. So it's like, why – and I'm not going to lie, the guy that's the Bears, he was like the quarterback's coach or whatever, he's in there. I think this might have a little bit to do with him, too. I'm not positive about that. Who is it, Dave Ragone? I think so. I, I, can't remember, yeah. I can't remember the name, but yeah, we'll I have a feeling that's why this looks so bad. I have just a suspicion. Cordell Patterson looks like the most competent player on that team. That should not be – anybody's team should not have Cordell Patterson looking like the best player on the team. I am happy to see Cordell Patterson being used. Oh, happy for him. It's just you have Calvin Ridley on your team and Cordell Patterson's leading the team in receptions and points as a, as a fantasy player this last week. The hell is that? No, whatever. All right. All right, Josh, let's let's talk about what's supposed to be a better team. My really is the new England Patriots. Do you feel comfortable about cutting Cam Newton now? Cause I don't think you do. Uh, I think Mac has been okay, but definitely not great. I understand that that's the future and the weirdness of Cam not being vaccinated and Cam being a distraction or whatever, even though he was like a cheerleader on the sideline when Mac Jones threw a touchdown in the preseason, which, you know, that's fine. Um, but you have to think that they could easily be two and one or three and oh, if Cam was starting right now. Um, I, I get it. Dave, Damian Harris fumbled that one to give you that one loss. So there's two, you know, uh, I just think that Mac Jones has looked like a rookie. Like someone who could have sat behind Cam Newton for two weeks and, you know, maybe like learned something and saw the actual games. Cause last week I will say he got some yards and whatnot, but the, the, the first two weeks and just his play calling in general or his, his decision-making, I should say um, just, it wasn't there. I, I obviously I'm a Cam Newton Homer, um, but really like was Mac ready for the starting job? Wasn't he, would you have felt comfortable if Cam was there or at least had a backup plan? Because you're one and two right now and about to be one and three. 
um because brady's about to just come in there and just wreck you and it's not even going to be close i don't know why everyone keeps talking about like they're going to say this is america's game of the week just because brady will get his 32nd team beat of the league but this isn't going to be a good game like nobody i'm honestly i don't even, i'm scared to play fantasy players in it like i i, yeah. I don't i don't want to watch this game other than seeing brady play the patriots like yeah. he's going to make belichick look silly belichick's probably going to cry a little bit probably leave the game i don't know like I get it. You're rebuilding and whatnot, but like, why the fuck didn't you just keep Cam? Like you could have just had him sit on the bench and like in the corner away from everyone. So he didn't actually have any contact tracing problems. If that's what you're worried about, but like cutting him, you have no backup plan right now. But Mac Jones completed 19 passes in a row in a practice one time. So against the Giants. And it was literally one week that they were like, Oh shit, Mac Jones is ready. It wasn't like, Oh, he's looked good this whole time. It was like Cam got COVID and they were like, Oh shit. Well, let's see what Max got. It's like, oh, he looks good. Let's keep him. Fuck Cam. Like, it was like, why not just keep them both? Well, I think we're learning why you can't buy an offense. You, you, they bought Johnny Smith. They bought Hunter Henry. They bought all of those wide receivers. None of them are great. Like, they're all good players, but they're not great for this offense and not what they need. Honestly, a lot of hate on Johnny and Henry. If that was one guy, they're fucking killing it. Yeah, so. but the problem is people were saying they were going to be Gronk and Hernandez. They like were never 2. Gronk or Hernandez, though. That's people the said that. That's and what they, they don't have was, Brady throwing the ball, so they be. were never going to be them. But that's what they were in general. As, though. They're working. Gronk, the, Henry and Henry and Johnu are actually working. Max not, and the wide receivers aren't. That's the problem. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's not the tight ends. The tight ends wide, are the only bright wide spot receivers. Of the team we're always going to be an issue because they're a reason that all of those guys were available right now. That's just I paid them I like, a lot of money. Exactly. I like what they, I like what they did, but they did pay them a lot of money. Born <clears throat> Aguilar and Jacoby Meyer are it. That's a respectable group. It's not great, but like they did pay them way too much money is the problem. Just combine yeah. their salaries and give that offer to Juju. And he oh. would have came to Foxborough. Why do it out at number why one? Why didn't I get Juju was, I think Juju wants a better contract. So it came down to he played like. Why didn't they pay Galladay? I don't don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Why is Galladay on the Giants? (laughs) As a Galladay owner, believe me, I don't think they even fully know that he's on the Giants. We'll get into this later. I got, I got, I got some comments on him. By the way, just a note with the Patriots though, Jacoby Myers, this poor son of a bitch, he has broken the record for most receptions straight without a touchdown um <laughs> and i just feel bad for him because i'm sure like he you know he probably has like a like a one of those days since thing on his in his locker and he's just like checking off every game is like not getting a touchdown and yeah he's got 104 career receptions zero touchdowns and he actually had like 90 yards last game too yeah so. no he's very effective it's just they get in the red zone joe kobe myers isn't there okay well, that's enough for right, wrong, really. Let's get on to the watch, the waiver wire watch, Josh. All right. Who, so we, who are we looking at? Uh, the watch, week four, Chuba Hubbard. Hopefully they already grabbed him. No, no, no. That's it. That was all there was. It oh, was gotcha. hopefully, hopefully if you burned your waiver wire on anyone else, I, I don't could I, I don't like that. I wouldn't have done that. I'm just kidding. I have plenty more names, but in reality, it was Chuba, unless yep. somebody dropped someone stupid and he was sitting on the waiver right before the game. But um, let's talk about some vets that are out there that are, uh, looking pretty good. Mr. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, somebody probably picked him up, but actually still was only owned at 36% of leagues around noon today, which is Wednesday. Uh, he appears to have a role. Um, obviously Diggs didn't do anything, which I would have said was good, but I still lost the game that I was playing against. Um, AJ green also looked to look to be back to what we expected him for the last three years to be. Uh, yeah. Rondale Moore Hopkins was injured. I think this is really why he had a big role that rib yeah. thing. I think they use Hopkins as a decoy out there. Um, probably should have told people this game could be him. good for him coming up though. They're gonna have to throw against the Rams. Oh yeah. Um, but I think AJ Green's a good stash right now. Uh, yeah. Also, if people drop Rondale Moore right now, keep an eye on that because he didn't do good. Uh, and Kirk actually had a good game, but I'm not. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for Kirk. But AJ Green's not a bad stash. I would or a desperate fill-in. I think we might be getting that talent that we wanted to see for a long time. Yeah. Um, some young guns we've seen. Um, I talked about Westbrook Akeen. Not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but without AJ and Julio, he is owned in 0.2% of leagues. As yeah, of people noon should pick him Wednesday. up. He's I don't started. know why he's not. He was, nobody had picked him up, and I was like, okay, like if you're in a 12 man or a, I don't know. 
Like Josh Reynolds was a healthy scratch. They didn't play him. He'll obviously play this next game because of them being gone. But Westbrook Keen is the guy to get there. Chester Rogers also had a role, but I don't know. Westbrook Keen had the most snaps, targets, yada, yada, yada. Uh, some tight ends. Not officially out yet. So just. It, it looks like they are. And if you're listening. One to of this, them will probably. Please be check your damn roster if you're listening to this because we are recording on a Wednesday night. Uh, Dalton Schultz uh, and T- Tyler Conklin both owned in. 11 and 14% respectively. Uh, Conklin kind of slid into what I thought Irv Smith could be, and everyone thought it'd be Herndon. It's obviously not Herndon. Never uh, Herndon. He could be a good fill-in. This might be a good scoop if you've got a Hawkinson or a Waller or a good tight end on your team or even a bad tight end. Uh, could be a good backup fill-in or a, like bi-week roster, roster move. Um, and then Dalton Schultz looks to be the tight end on that team. Once again, Jarwin's not what I thought he would be. I was right about that. I'm not bragging, though, because it wasn't a really good one. Uh, but he is the number five tight end at the moment. He was catching all kinds of slants, and that wide receiver core is going to leave that middle wide open for him. So I'm pretty excited about Dalton. Um, and then some hopeful running backs. Uh, I kind of touched on most of these already, or at least one. Uh, Ramondre Stevens might slide into that pass catching back right now. Um, James White's gone. Um, I, at the time, I wasn't sure if he was out. Uh, Damian Harris is not a pass catching back. J.J. Taylor is not a pass catching back. They, he might be able to be. But I think what they're going to do is Ramondre Stevenson is probably catching balls on the jugs machines right now, trying to be that dude. So I just think it's open. That room's open. I picked him up in a couple leagues, 8% of leagues right now owned in. I'm excited about him. He's my pickup of the week this week. I'm not saying drop a good guy for him, but I know you don't have a fifth or sixth running back that actually deserves to be on your team probably. So, no. um, And then Marlon Mack right now, uh, Indy is seeking a trade and so is Mack and there's some teams that have some running back backfields that aren't that great. So keep an eye out here. Um, he might actually have a chance to get a starting job or at least a split job again. So pick him up before the news comes out, before he goes to the team. I saw Joe on the waiver wire picking him up in one of our leagues. And then another guy I'm pretty excited about, and I, I probably shouldn't be. I love Royce Freeman. I want him to be the guy. Chuba Hubert uh, looked good but not great. And I don't think that they fully trust him because Royce Freeman did still get six touches. They were winning the game, um, but you never know. And this is a game of chance and who knows how long McCaffrey's going to be out. So pick up Royce, stash him at your bench, at least for a week. If he gets two carries next week, drop him. You know what I mean? Like what, but the set, the chance that Chuba Hubbard goes down or just tanks or fumbles three times, um, I just, I mean, it's a, it's a two running back backfield nowadays. So just keep an eye out on Royce, especially if you're in dynasty or in a 12 man or something like that. So I always try to go for low owned team, low owned players, but, and then obviously everyone I've mentioned in the past. So, yeah. Also Bateman, obviously he's come back off of IR this week. Bateman, just Jeff Wilson, make sure people up. Yeah. And then, uh, also I know I, I'm, this is going to get laughs. I'm sure. But like Nikhil Harry's coming back from IR this week. None of the Patriots wide receivers have really stood out um, yet. So it, it's a chance. He's not looked great since he's gotten in the league. Who knows? Maybe so, maybe Mac likes him. Whose role do you think he's going to take over? I, actually I have no news. idea. I legitimately don't. Kendrick Bourne had some really circus catches, and that touchdown was actually really phenomenal. He pointed at the ref, and it was mm-hmm. a great catch. And then Jacoby Meyer has been kind of consistent. Aguilar has actually looked like the odd man out right now, but what he didn't, Oh, and Las Vegas, whatever. Yeah. Um, he looked good. So it's kind of tough. Like, who's he going to replace? I don't know. But the problem is they're all like underachieving. So I think he's probably just, I mean, I think Jacoby's in the slot. So you just keep him there. But then the other two, maybe you just try. It's not like they, I don't know. See, like, this is the thing. They're not underachieving. Mac Jones is underachieving. And also, maybe he's just spreading the ball out too much. Maybe he does need to find that go to guy. And I don't think you really found that yet. Sometimes, yeah, you just got to find the receiver that you like the most on the team if you can't find one. <laughs> you I mean, gotta... He works out in Nikhil Harry a lot because Nikhil Harry was he looks in hot good water in the pre-season. all preseason. Yeah, so he looks good I don't think he necessarily replaces anybody yet on that offense. But he might. and that uh, He just, might work his way in. It's somebody to watch going yeah. into this week. I should have put Bateman on there. If you don't, if, if he's available in your league, go pick him up right yeah. now. This yeah. dude might be phenomenal. Like and nobody, nobody on the Ravens has looked good. Nope. Like there's been games. There's been flashes. Marquise Brown's dropped easy ones. Sammy Watkins has been like, honestly, pretty startable, but like not, you're not excited about it. Marquise like, is scared of the football there. I said it. 
Marquise right. is too little. You have to you have to constantly churn the end of your bench is what we're getting at. So exactly. guys that you're never going to start that really aren't doing anything, drop them, pick someone up, and just keep churning that bench because by the time week 17, week 15, 14 comes around, you will have had two or three guys that you're actually sticking on that roster that are sticking there. And at that point, you have a full team to take into the playoffs. So right. always do that. Okay, Joe. Daily Fantasy. Hit us with some names. Daily Fantasy. So first of all, I'm going to give you guys a real quick, um, I call it the cost projection model. It's really quick. Um, let's say it's Sunday morning. You're just you're just hanging out. Um, you're busy. You don't have time to sit there and really crunch numbers. You can find your favorite projection site, whoever you follow for projections. Take their projection, divide it by the salary that people are going for on DraftKings, FanDuel, whatsoever, and take the points there. So like this week, Aaron Rodgers at 6,800. He's one of my starts. Let's say he gets 30 points. You take that divided by 6,800. Whatever that comes out to, you compare that to the other quarterbacks on the list right there, and you will start to see your cost value against projections right there. So it's a really easy way to build lineups, um, especially when you're doing cash games because most of the time these projection sites are fairly close. They might not have the number, but they're going to be able to tell you when a guy is going to go big. So you can you can take that, divide it, and it's a really easy way to build a lineup there. Um, moving along, my start of the week is David Montgomery. He is at 5,800, and he is facing Detroit. We've alluded to it before. Um, if Nagy has half a brain, which I do not think he does, but I truly believe that they just feed Montgomery this week against the Lions. So he's my start of the week. Uh, at quarterback. And these two guys are my favorite stacks. Um, I love this game completely. Russell Wilson at 7,100 versus San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo versus Seattle at 5,600. Those dudes, both defenses play cover three. That's what they practice against constantly. That's all they see. Both quarterbacks excel against cover three defenses. So that's what you're going to see on that one. I like both of those. I already brought up Aaron Rodgers against Pittsburgh at 68. I think this is a slaughter um, on Green Bay's side. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to put up a ton of points. My sneaky quarterback of the week is Teddy Bridgewater versus Baltimore. I think this has sneaky shootout potential for a game. Um, and if you're you're entering a GPP or a tournament play, he's at 5,700. I think he's a good guy to get. At running back, we already talked about David Montgomery at 5,800. And you are putting Derrick Henry in your lineup. Do not talk yourself out of it. He's playing the Jets. It's a murderer's row out there for him. The Jets are not going to be able to stop him. He is at 8,800, so you're going to have to make room elsewhere. Uh, Javante Williams, I'm going to keep starting this guy against Baltimore. The breakout's coming. It's happening. And if Brandon Williams does not play this week, he is going to he's going to go on it. So Jonathan Taylor is my next one at 6,300 versus Miami. I think this is a week he can finally get it done because I see that being a bit of a blowout. Not necessarily a blowout, but a closer game um, than we expect. And a really risky running back for this week is Miles Sanders. I have to assume that Philly is blowing up the uh, radio stations and Sirianni is hearing that. I wouldn't be surprised if they attempt to feature him this week. Uh, McLaurin versus Atlanta at 6,900 at wide receiver is my star of the week for wide receivers. Robbie Anderson at 5,100. DJ Moore gets Trayvon Diggs this week, so I think Robbie Anderson's a sneaky one. Uh, Mike Evans versus New England at 6,500. I think he's going to be the guy um, that Brady wants to see. He wants to get those chunk yardages. He wants to make Belichick look stupid. To save a little bit of money, we got Deshaun Jackson at 3,800 and Quez Watkins at 3,500. Um, I think those are both values right there. You could easily stick them in your lineup. This is more of a GPP play, but we'll go from there. Uh, tight end. I got Patty Fryermuth at 3,100 and George Kittle at 5,900. I really do think Kittle writes the writes the train this week and gets back to it. Um, as far as defenses go, pick one. It's there's not really one that stands out this week. Uh, I in these situations, I like one with a cheap defense that I think it's going to be a, a semi close game. So we'll do that one there. Tennessee uh, probably. That'd be a good one. Against the Jets, they're they're expensive. I think they're like oh, four they hundred. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. DraftKings is on it, so it's an expensive defense. It might not be that high because it is Tennessee, but do we really expect Tennessee's defense to do anything? I don't, question. but I don't trust Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. <laughs> um, my lineup for the week is Russell Wilson, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, DK Metcalf, 
Deshaun Jackson, Deontay Johnson, George Kittle, Noah Fant, and Washington defense. I will be entering that one in some 50-50s. So just a quick recap. Quarterback, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Aaron Rodgers. These are your plays for this week. I think we have monster games. Running back, start of the week, David Montgomery. You're playing Derrick Henry. Don't kid yourself out of it. And I do like Jonathan Taylor this week against Miami. Start of the week at wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, Robbie Anderson, and I really, really am starting to warm up to Quez Watkins. I think you should get him in the lineup. And George Kittle at tight end is going to give you that 5,900 <laughs> against uh, Seattle. So I think it's a great week to play some DFS. They are starting to warm up to prices. You're not getting the same crazy values you were getting earlier in the season. So It's tough. Yeah, go out and play. For sure. Yeah. All right, 100%. Well, that is the end of part one of this podcast. Um, I'm sure it's going to be the next one on this feed. will be part two with our game previews. Uh, follow us at Offensive Points. Follow Josh at Joss Hall STL. Joe at OP Economist. And me at Umbre Vendor. Follow the IDP Army on TikTok, Twitter. Get in the Discord. Uh, get the Ultimate IDP Index. It's a very good, useful Come play tool. Call of Duty with me. Like. Do Come play Call of Duty, yeah. Let's um, be friends. Yes, for sure. Uh, play Underdog. It's very cool. We love it. There's a code that will be underneath this podcast, actually, where you can get some money. Um, if you give $25, I think they match your first deposit. Just get into playing fantasy football. We love it. It's just good this time of year. All right, if Joe. You, if they're listening to this, they're already into fantasy football. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially if you, if you made, made it this far, far, you like fantasy. Especially if you made it this far into the podcast. <laughs> All right, Joe, get us out of here. Follow us, possums. And until next time, it's been a pleasure riding with you. Good night.